Our first scripture reading to this morning is from the 56th chapter of Isaiah. It's found on page 645, page 645 in the Old Testament Bible um, in your pew if you'd like to follow along. That is page 645, Isaiah 56, chapters 1 through 8. Thus says the Lord, maintain justice and do what is right, for soon my salvation will come and my deliverance be revealed. Happy is the mortal who does this, the one who holds it fast, who keeps the Sabbath, not profaning it, and refrains from doing any evil. Do not let the foreigner joined to the Lord say, the Lord will surely separate me from his people. And do not let the eunuch say, I am just a dry tree. For thus says the Lord, to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose the things that please me and hold fast my covenant, I will give in my house and within my walls a monument and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that shall not be cut off. And the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister to him, to love the name of the Lord and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it and hold fast my covenant. These I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all peoples. Thus says the Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others to them besides those already gathered. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. Gospel according to Matthew, the 10th chapter, beginning with the 10th verse. Then Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles. Then the disciples approached him and said, Do you know that the Pharisees took offense when they heard what you said? Jesus answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if one blind person guides another, both will fall into a pit. But Peter said to him, explain this parable to us. Then Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whoever goes into the mouth enters the stomach and goes out into the sewer? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this is what defiles. For out of the heart comes evil intentions, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David! My daughter is tormented by a demon! But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, 
It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, yes, Lord. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed from that moment. This is the gospel of the Lord. Join your hearts with me in prayer. Grant that the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts, be acceptable to you. For you, O Lord, have the words of eternal life. To whom else should we go? Amen. Now you probably remember the story in the Bible where Jesus went to the temple and was so filled with rage at the presence of the money changers and the carnival atmosphere that he could no longer restrain himself. All four Gospels tell the same story. As it appears in the Gospel of John in chapter 2, in the temple courts, Jesus found men selling cattle, sheep, and doves, and money changers seated at their tables. So he made a whip out of the cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. To those selling doves, he said, Get these out of here! How dare you turn my father's house into a marketplace! It's at the root of a meme that you've maybe seen. People ask, what would Jesus do? And the response is, just know that flipping over tables and whipping the money changers is within the realm of possibility. It is the one instance in all of the Gospels that Jesus becomes violently angry. It only happens one time. He's disgusted, he's upset, He's bothered, he's sarcastic, but it is the only time in the Gospels where Jesus becomes violently angry. And if that's the case, then I think we have to pay very, very close attention to what it was that so angered Jesus. What got him so upset? Don't get so angry, Jesus. You can hear his disciples say, you need to be more Christ-like. Watch your blood pressure. Tender Jesus, meek and mild, shouldn't show such rage. What on earth set him off? We often joke that the problem Jesus faced was the merchandising of religion. Concession stands, vendors hawking programs. Get your programs. Can't tell a Levite from a priest without a program. T-shirts, get your temple T-shirts. Cold beer, cold beer. That might improve attendance. It's not uncommon to think about merchandising when you watch televangelists talking to their audiences about prosperity gospel. You just send whatever you can to this ministry and God will financially bless you. I have a letter here from a woman who sent this ministry $1,000. And three days later, she reserved an inheritance worth $100 million. Isn't God wonderful? Praise the Lord. You cannot outgive God. And our development team is with her right now to talk to her about that $100 million, so maybe God can bless her with a billion if she turns it over to us. And, of course, selling the gospel doesn't make it 
good news. Selling it makes it transactional news. That's magic. That's paganism. You do this, God will do this in return. But there was a significantly more important issue that got under Jesus' skin. All four Gospels specifically mention this outburst of unrestrained rage happening in the temple court. In the temple court. That was the open area just outside of the holy places. Architecturally, it was the place, the one place, where everyone, and I mean anyone, could gather and pray. You didn't have to be a priest. You didn't even have to be male. You didn't have to be Jewish. It was called the court of all nations or the court of all people. Matthew, Mark, and Luke recall that Jesus specifically quoted Isaiah 56, 7, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. We're not dealing here with the Messiah's rage simply against crass commercialism. Jesus is specifically denouncing a religion that crowds out the foreigner to suggest that God's blessing is somehow based on some kind of private nationalism. Verses 6 and 7 from Isaiah, which Dan read earlier, and the foreigners, the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister him, to love the name of the Lord, and to be his servants, all who keep the Sabbath and do not profane it, and hold fast to my covenant, these I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Thus says the Lord, Isaiah goes on, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, I will gather others beside those already gathered. We are living in a dangerous age. Yes, the commercialization of the gospel is a problem, thinking that money somehow proves God's favor on you. That's an old problem. Folks have been merchandising religion for as long as anyone can remember. But what made Jesus go berserk wasn't because the merchandising was crass. His real rage was because of the selfish trading, crowding out the foreigner. The one place where anyone and everyone had a right to pray was turned into a swap meet. We're living in an age where giving food and shelter and health care and water and comfort is becoming criminalized based on the nationality of those who are receiving basic human compassion. And many of those who are passing laws that make that a crime unflinchingly call themselves Christians. 
Whenever we use religion to crowd out the foreigner, to silence the prayers of the refugees, to justify the oppression of the stranger, we risk the unbridled wrath of Jesus himself. Which brings us to the beautiful story in Matthew 15. Jesus is being criticized for actually eating and drinking with unclean people. His disciples didn't even ceremonially wash their hands before they plucked some grain of wheat while they were walking across a field and chewed on it. So when a Canaanite woman, a reprehensible foreigner, an opponent of all things good and and, and judicious and Jewish, when this woman approaches Jesus to heal her daughter, Jesus parrots the party line. Send her away said the disciples. Jesus said, that's right. I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But then the woman persists. And Jesus says to her, is it fair to take the children's food and throw it to dogs? We know Jesus is being sarcastic. Why is he being sarcastic? Because he just called a Canaanite woman a dog. Why would he do that if it wasn't to make a sarcastic point? But look at her response, verse 27. She says, yes, Lord, but even dogs eat crumbs that fall from the master's table. I think missing in the text was the long pause where Jesus smiled and began to laugh. She bested him. She was shrewd. I don't care what you call me. It's about my child. Heal her. And what does Jesus say? He says, good for you. Great is your faith, woman. Let it be done for you as you wish. As Isaiah wrote, and the foreigners who join themselves to the Lord to minister him, to love the name of the Lord and their servants, all who keep the Sabbath, those I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. But Jonathan, I hear you say, ooh, immigration is an extremely complicated issue. We don't really have a nation if we don't have secure borders. We can't just let anyone in well people who sit in church and read their bibles and think it's okay to treat foreigners like dogs there seems to be only one relevant question and the question is how great is your faith is it possible to be generous and have national integrity? Is it possible? How great is your faith? Somehow it's okay to dehumanize people when it comes to nationalism. Yes, God is our portion, our ever-present help in the time of trouble, except when we take in too many foreign people, or too many homeless people, or too many sick people, or too many of those people who we just don't like. Then all of a sudden we are announcing that God's sufficiency has limits. That was Jesus' answer to the Pharisees about hand-washing. It's not what goes into the body that defiles. It's what's coming and bubbling up out of you about other people. We just passed the inspection for the Westminster Hall kitchen. 
Congratulations, property committee, design committee, all the people who worked very hard to make that happen. What I didn't know until our inspection was that the village of LaGrange only has two kinds of inspections. They have residential inspections and they have commercial inspections. And how do you define a commercial inspection? Well, it's not residential. So as a consequence, the inspection, because nobody happens to live in Westminster Hall, uh, we had to meet commercial grade inspection, which meant we were subjected to the same inspection as if we were a restaurant or a nursing home kitchen or a school. Our inspection fell under that commercial category, and there's a problem with something called sewerage backflow. Sewerage backflow. Anybody who's worked in a restaurant just nodded. You've seen it happen in your kitchen sink. The drain backs up and all that gunky wash, water washes up into your sink. And if the dishwasher is part of that same sewer line, washes up into the dishwasher and contaminates the place where you'd be preparing food. And that's not okay for a commercial kitchen, I learned. In a commercial kitchen, that drain water should not be allowed to back up into the area where there is to be sanitized surfaces for food prep. So our contractor had to go under the sink and open a gap between the drain and the trap. So if you open the cabinets right now, you can do that after church if you like, or you can do it now if you're already bored. When you open the cabinet, you look and the drain comes down and then there's a space and then, then it goes into the, into the trap. So that if the trap backs up, the water won't go up into the dishwasher and the sink. The water will go out all over the floor, which is its own annoyance, which is why we don't do it in residential installations. But did I tell you it's a commercial kitchen now? It's not what you put into the drain that contaminates. It's what bubbles up from inside that makes things unclean. That's what Jesus is saying to the Pharisees. You are so obsessed with what comes into your body, with what you touch, with where you are, with who's around you, that you don't pay any attention to what happens to be coming out of you. You're so worried about cleanliness as it has to do with you that you pay no attention to righteousness as it comes in contact with others. I fear what is coming out of us these days, how we are talking about other human beings equally created in the image of God may be inspiring Christ to rage. Things like citizenship and immigration, public aid. Yes, they're complicated issues, but don't you believe that God will provide best for people who include most? I guess what I'm saying is I am really, really worried about our backflow. Be in prayer with me. Amen. Please stand and join with me in our affirmation of faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended. 